This podcast was recorded for the Sound Environment Show on Radio Galari. Radio Galari is a community radio station based in the Kimberley, Western Australia. For more information, go to www.galari.com. Catherine Tuft has a dream job. She's the Australian Wildlife Conservancy's regional ecologist based out at beautiful Mornington Station, a wildlife sanctuary off the Gibb River Road. Kath looks after the exciting research being done at Mornington and other sanctuaries in the region. The work is revealing new strategies that can help protect the ecology of the Kimberley. I've been here just over five years now and uh, I came as a, a member of an ecology team and uh, just never looked back. <laughs> Very happy to be here. Also I coordinate the science program which means organising all of our, our monitoring works which is a, a big program basically doing an ecological audit of um, the properties that we manage in the Kimberley. The, that's Mornington, Marion Downs, Tableland and the Artesian Range. And we also work in the NT at uh, Wongalara Sanctuary as well. So that keeps us pretty occupied. We do annual surveys for most indicator species. So we try to look at a range of uh, species uh, from different habitats and different habits to uh, get a sense for how different aspects of the reserves are tracking. So, for example, we look at small mammals a lot because they've declined in the north and try to look at how they're affected by the land management that we do in terms of fire and destocking, etc. Um, and then for riparian health, we'll look at purple crown fairy winds because they're a good indicator of uh, how the creek systems are going. And, um, and we measure many other things on top of all that. <laughs> I guess that makes a nice ongoing uh, mm. data set there. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, yeah, it's great to have, this will be our 12th year of data collection and to sit down and interrogate that data and analyse it. There's a, a lot to learn from it, so it's great to be able to get in there. Will that data set continue on over the next few years? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's such a useful data set and it's something we want to continue doing. And it uh, it's not just about collecting data year to year, but uh, as we adjust the land management, we can measure the impact of that. So at the moment we're expanding the destocking program so we can measure what impact that has on the fauna as we go along. So it's an extremely valuable way of tailoring the way we do our land management so we know that we're getting it right for the wildlife, which is the goal. How, how does the destocking process actually work? Uh, well, we use um, a little bit of fencing. So there's a lot of ranges around Mornington and uh, some of these other properties. So we can put a fence up across that will join two ranges and then because the, the cattle don't move over the rocky country, uh, we can limit the amount of fencing but enclose quite a large area. And then we'll go in and, um, depending on if it's practical or not, we'll muster animals out and um, and then do an aerial cull of the remainder. And uh, each year we go around in a helicopter and survey the area to check what we've got in there and, and get rid of any stragglers. The destocking on the southern portion of Mornington occurred in 2004 and five, when we destocked 40,000 hectares. And the monitoring data from that showed an immediate response of small mammals to, um, to well over the numbers they were at originally. And that response has been sustained over time. So we always catch more mammals where we've destocked compared to outside in equivalent habitats. Um, so that's a really powerful effect. And then on what top kind of, of a difference mm, would there be between the destocked and the stocked areas? It's at least double. And then in good years when we've had high rainfall and mammals are booming anyway, you can get uh, three or four times as many captures in the destocked area compared to outside. So that's a substantial difference to the trend that's happening across the rest of northern Australia where mammals are declining. The thing we found more recently, because we've um, looked at the impact of fire as well as destocking on small mammal abundance, and it looks like we get, um, as we reduce the incidence of hot, intense late season fires, we get more mammals, 
but only in areas that are destocked. So it's clearly an interaction happening there and it's important to manage both things at the same time. I see that you host a bunch of researchers from all different fields. Can you tell me typically how many researchers would you have here? What kind of things do they do? Where are they from? Well, we have a different, uh, a range of different researchers that come through. So some people we're much more involved with. Um, for example, we have a couple of PhD students that work with us on projects that we're very interested in. Uh, so one of those is Rosie Honan working in the Artesian range on um, mammals up that way. And also um, Robin Shaw's working with us on pale field rats and fire. Uh, and then we get a range of other researchers come through that um, might just come in for a week collecting fish or... Uh, looking for a particular type of water lily or whatever. So um, yeah, there's a whole spectrum of research that goes on. It's a, it's just a useful place for people to access. There's a lot, a lot of work done in the central Kimberley because it's relatively remote and uh, a lot of people are keen to get in here and use this as a base. Something else that I know you're doing is working with the northern quoll and preparing for the onset of cane mm. toads. Yeah, that's right. So we've got a, a fairly, turns out quite an isolated population of northern quolls on Mornington and some of the land to the east, and we've been monitoring them over four years or so. And um, we're expecting cane toads to arrive probably next wet season, so uh, we're expecting there to be a big impact on quolls when they arrive. What other preparations are you doing um, for, the I guess, the cane toad arrival? What does that mean mm. for Mornington? Uh, well, in terms of the landscape generally, it, um, we accept there's no way we can stop the toads entirely, but um, it seems that by managing the landscape the best way we can in terms mm-hmm. of keeping the fire patterns um, neat and working on the destocking of feral herbivores, um, we think that that will make an impact to the extent that toads can impact. So toads like um, to travel in cattle-flogged areas. They like sort of muddy waterways with shallow edges and not much vegetation. So by managing the fire and the herbivores, we'll make it less amenable to toads. And uh, we hope that that'll have an impact on the system generally. What about um, training animals to not go after them? Yes. Well, that's um, something we can do for quolls in particular, because quolls are predators. They'll take a toad really readily. And um, one toad will kill a quoll straight off. So what we're doing is we're working with a group out of University of Technology Sydney that have done work in Kakadu and we'll be training quolls not to eat toads by feeding them uh, little cane toad sausages with a <laughs> nausea inducing compounds. <laughs> they'll, uh, they'll take a sausage and um, feel crook for 12 hours or so and um, that'll put them off toads. So we've done some trials here and it shows a lot of promise. And, uh, so they don't spread the sausages more than once? Some will go after it a second time, but uh, <laughs> mostly after that, they've learnt their lesson. But how does that how does that translate to mm. a toad? Because a sausage is mm. a different look and feel, and that's true. Yeah. Well, the scent, the trials they've done at the um, Territory Wildlife Park in the NT, they've um, they've tried them with actual toads and and sausages, and they found the method does work. Some individuals never learn, <laughs> but uh, those that do. Seem to selection, eh? do quite well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it sounds like it's a really exciting place to come as a researcher. I mean, not only is the country beautiful and diverse, but it's also quite a nice little community of researchers all here. So I'm sure with things in common. Yeah. No. It certainly it's a uh, quite a lot of fun and when it's really pumping. There's lots of people coming and going. And it's a real nerdsville. <laughs> <laughs> we have a great time.